0: time for another Warriors Vox podcast. I am Tim Roy, and I hope you and your family are safe, and we thought we'd go back into our archives to give you uh, maybe a little bit of a needed distraction. Let's go back to the 1980s, and Larry Smith, Mr. Mean, drafted by the Golden State Warriors in the 1980 draft, 24th overall. Larry Smith would come to the Warriors with a workmanlike attitude and tremendous effort, and it made him one of the most beloved Warriors of all time. Sit back and enjoy my conversation with Larry Smith. There's Larry Smith coming into the ballgame now. Mr. Mean for the Warriors. Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors.com. We continue with our catching up with series here on Warriors.com as we talk to former Warriors uh, from the past. And, and uh, a pleasure today to welcome one of the all time great rebounders in NBA history and one of the most popular uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, of all time and that is Larry Smith he's known as Mr. Mean but it's only a nickname it's not really true uh, and one of the greatest offensive rebounders of all time 3.9 career offensive rebounds per game and I believe that ranks the sixth all time and, and Larry welcome thank you so much for helping us out and, and how are you today
1: well I'm good I'm, I'm very happy that you guys helped me on it's a pleasure
0: what is keeping Larry Smith busy these days
1: well, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, as as right now I am working at the university at Alcorn. Um I'm the uh the athletic development director there. So, that's pretty much uh what I'm doing these days. And it's definitely keeping me busy.
0: And that of course is is, uh, is home for you. You're a Mississippi guy. You played at Alcorn State. You're one of the most famous athletes of all time. So, it's got to be cool to to uh to go home and help out.
1: Well, absolutely. It's it, it, it's it's okay, but I Still miss the Bay, the Bay Area very much.
0: And I know that you've been uh, you've been an assistant coach in the NBA. You've coached in the the, in the D League and and the WNBA. You were head coach at Alcorn State. Do you miss coaching? Uh yes. Ah. You
1: know, I, I I really do. I I, I miss uh, the grind. I, I miss working with the young people, and and I miss uh, that's what I love to do, and I definitely uh, miss it
0: right now. Now, when it seems like that when a player gets into the coaching ranks, it just seems like it gets into his, his bloodstream, so to speak, and, and it stays there forever. Is, is that the way it is with you? Yes. Uh,
1: I, I, I love the coaching aspect of the game. And, again, like I reiterated on this, I, I love working with young people, and it's just a thrill for me uh, to be a part of it for so many years and something that I will always treasure.
0: Now, when you were playing at Alcorn State, and you guys were really good then, I mean, you guys, yeah, you one one year you guys went undefeated, correct, in the regular yeah. season. we had a pretty good time. So, so you were a really good player, but it, it was a say quote unquote a small uh, college. It wasn't like say playing at you know say maybe LSU or someplace like that. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you knew you were pretty good. Did you know you were NBA good?
1: Well. Uh... Uh, no, I, the, the, the NBA at that time was was not uh, on my agenda at all. Uh, I just I just loved the college game. I loved what I did at the time. And my main focal point at that stage was graduating from college, and that's what I did. So, But the NBA was a plus, and, and God had really blessed me to give me an opportunity to play in it. So it was not on the agenda at the time, but everything's worked out well for me, and, and I'm just happy that I had the opportunity to play in the NBA.
0: You played in the in in the NBA and and, uh, for a long time, and a very very consistent player off the glass, you know. And and you mentioned first of all, let's go back to the college. You graduated from Alcorn State. What was your degree in?
1: Uh, Administration.
0: Administration. I have
1: a master's in yeah, a master's degree in.
0: Which which probably helps with what you're doing right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it kind of. uh, Like I said, it's it's a different thing for me. Uh, I'm, I'm. Gradually picking it up a little better now. Uh, it, it's just the fundraising part, in which I didn't have to do when I was in my playing days, or or when I was was, was was coaching at all. So it's a little different, but I'm getting the hang of it these days.
0: Now, on these catching up with series, I'm always uh, not I wouldn't say amused, but I'm always curious to find out, you know, uh, what the draft day experience was like for former players because we know it's such a it's such a big production now you know especially for the guys in the lottery and they're they're waiting there and you know they get the handshake of the commissioner and you know the interviews on national tv but i imagine it wasn't like that in 1980 when the the warriors took you with what was the 24th pick overall uh it was actually the first pick of the second round that year well, of course now it goes deeper than that in the first round but you were the first pick of the second round in, in 1980 Uh, What was that day like, and how did you find out?
1: Well, actually, I was home uh, in Mississippi with my mom, and my um, attorney gave me a call and told me I had been chosen by the Golden State Warriors. And the time I was speechless. it, it was, I said, this couldn't possibly happen to me. But uh, (laughs) it was one of the greatest times in my life, uh, getting that call, and I'm just so happy I had the opportunity to play for the Warriors over the years.
0: Now, back in 1979, in Sports Illustrated, they say that unless he unveils a perimeter jump shot in his senior year, it's doubtful that Larry Smith will make the pros. Was that motivation at all?
1: Well, uh, absolutely. But that being said, uh, through my whole uh, uh, high school, junior high career, everyone always told me that I was too small to do the job. And that was a motivational factor for me as well. But... One thing i I learned over the years is that uh, I will never let anybody outwork me, and I think that was my strong suit that kept me competitive, and I think that carried me on to the NBA.
0: Well, no doubt about that. When you came to the Warriors, uh, you, uh, you could have probably taken 2,000 shots a day all summer, but you weren't going to get a lot of shots on that team. Um, <laughs> we'll be free, of Bernard no, no. King. We, were we there. Had,
1: we had tremendous players on the <laughs> team. Um, Uh, Guys like Purvis Short, Joe Barry Carroll World Free, Bernard King, Clifford Ray, and the list can go on Sonny Parker. So it, it was not a whole lot of shots, but I knew with all those guys out there, if I just get on the glass and stay consistent on the glass, I would get a chance to play. And thank God it worked out for me.
0: Tell me a little bit about Bernard King. We're going to talk to him later on this afternoon. And uh, what are your thoughts about Bernard King? And, and maybe do you have a Bernard King story?
1: Well, <laughs> all I know is Bernard uh, a scoring machine. Uh, he one of the first guys I ever seen to get out and run the break as he did in the confisc plays on the on the break as well. Uh, the guy really knew how to put the ball in the basket. And yes, I do have a story for Bernard. Uh, he was the only guy that. I got a fine for, for being late. I was picking him up and taking him to the airport, and I got fined for the first time in my career <laughs> in picking him up, and I still told him he, you know, he made me late. And that's <laughs> one story. I, I always held him accountable for me being late that particular time. And I think that was the only time in my career I was ever late for an aer- for a flight.
0: Now, perver short, obviously you must have known about him. He played at Jackson State right down the Absolutely. road. Absolutely. And- and and well you talk about jump shot, how about that jump shot?
1: Um oh, unbelievable. Uh, short man had that rainbow jumper, it was just consistent, it was pretty. I I'd never seen anybody have a beautiful shot, but his shot was was, was beautiful. Uh, a real a real score and it, it's like I, like you stated, it was with those guys on the on the team, uh, all I could see is opportunity Miguel on the glass and playing time. That's how I don't get playing time because I know with that, those guys in the lineup, it's not going to be a lot of shots. But uh, I made my living uh, doing the, uh, the dirty thing on the glass, and, and I'm just proud I had the opportunity to do so.
0: Well, let's talk about the other guy who came from a relatively small college, and that was uh, World B. Free. Uh, he played at, at uh, Guilford College as Lloyd Free. Uh, but what an, I don't think kids today, if you try to describe Lloyd Free in his game, it would be hard to really put into words. I mean, he was, he was so talented and so strong.
1: Absolutely, and I always considered a world's game as a playground game. Uh, the guy, he he, he could score. Uh, he could do a lot of things. He 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 could get to the basket. He had this this, this nice jump shot, and just like I said, another guy that, that could put the ball in the basket, uh, and he was consistent in doing so. And yes, and coming from a small college, a lot of people didn't get a chance to see him, but he was one of the prolific scorers of all time that that for the Warriors. In his tenure there, he was really, really good.
0: First impression Al Addles.
1: First impression, he mm-hmm. scared me to death.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like everybody else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I met him, I said, oh, God, uh, he, he, he had this really, really deep voice. Uh, to, I was just afraid of him. But turned out to be w- uh, one of the greatest guys you ever want to meet. I love him to death, and I'm just so proud. I had opportunity to play for him.
0: And he saw something in you right away because he gave you, as you talked about, you wanted to get playing time, and you knew on that particular team it had to be defense, rebounding, and, and doing some of the dirty work. And he saw that in you, and, and he gave you playing time.
1: Well, absolutely. And and he knew uh, I I had a good work ethic, and I think that, that's what made the difference for me, that I know I, I wasn't the greatest offensive player but I know I could do a lot of other things to get me playing time. So he saw it in me, and he saw it every single day. And him being the kind of guy he, he is today, uh, if you're going to play hard for him and do the little things, you going to have an opportunity to play. And thank you, God they chose me when they did. I, <laughs> I always be grateful for for the wars and taking me, and especially uh, Al Adels and Scotty Sterling.
0: 31 minutes of game, Scotty Sterling, of course, who is – has uh, I believe just wrapped up a long uh, run with the uh, Sacramento Kings franchise, and and did the rare double double in the Bay Area, working for the Warriors and the Raiders at one point. Uh, and you you were very close to to getting a double double your first year. You would get it later on in your career, but there were a couple of times where you averaged nine point six points a game and, uh, and very consistent off the glass, obviously for years. But in that first year, I was re- just remarkable twelve point one rebounds a game. I believe in your final game that year, you had thirty one. Uh, rebounds against Denver. Uh, of course, Denver, a high-scoring team, they were going to get up a lot of shots, but still, 31 rebounds. That's a lot of glass. So, how did you feel after your your rookie season when it was pretty obvious that, that you were going to play in this league for a long time?
1: Well, it, 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 was, it was a great feeling for me. Uh, I just wanted to have the opportunity to play and that's what I love to do. I, I love playing the game. It was fun for me and and getting a chance to play in the league was an honor, and that's something that uh, that uh, today I sit back and think about that and say, man, uh, geez, a lot of guys couldn't didn't have the opportunity to do what I did. It was an honor for me to play in the NBA, and an honor for any guy any guys that make the NBA to play it. I think uh, you, you, it was just a great uh, a great situation. I had an opportunity to meet tremendous people, got a lot of chance to travel, and the money wasn't bad either, so it was a lot of it. Was a lot of it. Was a lot of things came into play in planning the NBA.
0: A lot of upside, as they would say. Talking with Larry Smith. I'm Tim Roy here on Warriors. dot com, and and Larry, you arrived uh, in Golden State with the nickname Mister Mean. Uh, how did you get that?
1: Well, um, I got that name from uh, from my college from the from the model sports information director, which was Gus Howard at the time. Uh, I got the name from him because he said I never ever smiled. I always like I was mad all the time and, and which I thought was very untrue because I'm an easy going guy. But that's how I got that name.
0: So you, you get to the Warriors and over the period of your career uh the fans attached to you. Tell me what you thought the first time you came out to warm up and you looked over at the baseline and there were guys wearing hard hats. For you?
1: My first thought was, wow. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was unbelievable. And I got really, really teary-eyed because uh, it, it was so much, it was just such so much an honor for people to really appreciate the little things you did. And and I, I think as of today, uh, there are no other better fans than the Warrior fans. They, they were tremendous to me. Uh, they supported me throughout my whole career career uh, regardless I played lousy they still supported me and I just I just I just always tell my friends about the fans there out of all the places I've been the Warriors fan was the best fan in the NBA
0: that's uh that's, that's well said in in as you played nine years for the franchise before moving on to Houston and then uh briefly with San Antonio in the 92 uh 93 season uh, the 86-87 team, uh, coached by George Karl, uh, got to to beat Utah in the first round, got to the second round of the playoffs, and, and lost to a very, very good Lakers team. You had to feel really good about that particular team because, you know, if you if, if you know, had Chris Mullen was on that team, a young Chris Mullen, and you guys had you guys had some pieces there too.
1: Yeah, I, I thought we had a good group. We, we had finally came together as a team. Uh, everyone believed that we could could do well once we got it in the playoffs. And I thought all of us really, really committed to what we were doing. Uh, it was a great situation for us. It was a fun situation for us as well. And I just thought the guys had played tremendous, really worked hard, and it was a very, very good thing.
0: Yeah, chance to play with some great the teammates, as, as we talked about before, even going on to your days in Houston with key one. Mm-hmm. But you can now say that you played with Hall of Famer, Chris Mullen, uh, did you realize at the time that he had the uh, Springfield capability? Yes. How, how come?
1: I, when I saw him play, uh, I said, man, this, this guy, here he, he is going to be a player. And he did not prove me wrong. He's, he's a very talented player. He can do a lot of things. He's not very fast. But at the end of the day, he gets it done. He was very, very consistent player throughout his career. And one thing for Chris I can say, he's a very lovable guy. Everybody likes him. He's a great person. And along with the talent, he was destined for the Hall of Fame.
0: 9.2 rebounds a game in just under uh, almost 26 minutes a game, which is remarkable. Uh, still in the top uh, 75 to 100 of all time in, in NBA history. Uh, three point nine offensive rebounds a game and and uh you have to take pride in that because because rebounding is i i think larry in, in see what you think about this, I always think rebounding is the true uh testament to a player's desire because you have to want to be a great rebounder
1: yes i agree and i uh, I play the opportunity to play with a lot of guys uh in, in both the college collegiate and the professional ranks and and everybody wants to score. And, and like I said, who doesn't want to score? But at the end of the day, uh, you I thought that rebounding uh, win games and give you the opportunity to win games. And that's something that I really took pride in. I, I, I really uh, worked hard at it and, you know, became pretty good at it. So I, I really enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed my craft to the fullest.
0: Before I let you go, a couple of things that you end up, going back to Houston as an assistant coach, working under Rudy Taujanovic and as soon as you show up, they start winning rings. That had to be fun.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I, I was really, really blessed to have that opportunity to uh, work for Rudy T. Tremendous guy, tremendous coach, and a tremendous organization as well. Um, I was surrounded again about, about talented players, uh, guys that were committed to what we were trying to do, and and it just worked out well for us. Uh, we had we we had only a couple of superstars per s e on the team, but we had a lot of a lot of good role players that knew their job. and I think that was the difference for us. We went back to back championships, which is really really tough to do. But the guys really committed what we were doing, and they played extremely hard and got it done.
0: And when when you were coaching there. What did you learn from Rudy? Because I, I remember Rudy back in those days. I, I, was in, I was in Sacramento then, and he would he was – there'd be times I would worry about him sometimes because he would be shaking after a game or something. <laughs> you know, he, but, but to me, it all, I always felt that he looked like he was a, a – uh, you know, that cliche we throw around, a player's coach, you know, a guy that players would want to come in and, and, and like to play for. It just, it just seemed he had a, a very good rapport with his team.
1: Absolutely. And I always said, if you couldn't play for Rudy T., you couldn't play for anybody. That was the kind of guy he was. Uh, tremendous coach, tremendous player, and a tremendous person. The guy was, was very, very uh, easy to get along with, and he treated, treated all the fans accordingly. So it didn't matter to him who he was. He always stopped and talked to you. It didn't matter who you were. And he just was a terrific person. Well, i put it this way. I'm sorry. He is a terrific person. And um, it was great working for him. I really enjoyed it, and I, it was it was it was the ride was great.
0: Well, Larry, I really appreciate your time today. We're going to let you go. I got before I do let you go. I want to tell the fans that, that not only are you one of the best rebounders in in NBA history, and certainly one of the best in, in Golden State Warriors history, one of the more beloved players, and this franchise's West Coast history. But you know, just the, thinking about your college days, obviously at, at Alcorn State. Uh, one of the best players in that conference history, the SWAC, which produced guys like Purvis Short, yourself, uh, Bob Love, Willis Reed, Zelmo Beatty, and, and you're right on that honors list as well. So it's been a great life in, in, in basketball for you. Uh, I hope that at uh, some point we'll see you on the, the coaching sidelines again because I know you want to get back to that, and and best of luck.
1: Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, just this interview. And, again, uh, be sure the fans have to tell them I will still love them to death greatest fans in the world. Thanks a lot for having
0: me. And consider that message passed on. All right, Tim Roy, that's the Warriors Vox podcast for right now. Stay tuned for further editions of the Warriors Vox podcast and for up-to-date information on what the Warriors are doing during this very difficult time. I'm going to give you a couple of places to go to. Obviously, you go to Warriors.com. That's a place you can go to to get all kinds of information and also a schedule of televised replays of some of the Warriors' more famous games in their history. Plus, you can go to Warriors Sound. That's where you can hear the Warriors Vox podcast as well as other audio goodies. And of course, SoundCloud.com slash Warriors. Anything that's audio related to the Golden State Warriors will be posted there and You can go through and browse and go back to uh, listen to historic moments, old interviews, talks with the head coach. Anything you want is there at SoundCloud.com slash Warriors. I'm Tim Roy. Stay safe, everyone. And thank you for listening to the Warriors Fox podcast.